This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Wayne Diamond. I'm, uh, I'm the old, I was the owner of a ba- the biggest dress company of all time, called Diamonds Run and Jamie Brook. Now I retired uh, about 15 years ago to become an actor, 20 years ago to be exact. And I'm enjoying that also. I'm, I'm finding success in that also. What I love about fashion is that I was able to let myself out and create things on my own. I mean, 90% of what I shipped out of my doors was fitted, cut, done by me. All the all the looks, the the hanky hems, the Grecian looks, the the all the 99% of every jumpsuit that was worn in America was my jumpsuits. Okay, and all and all the high low hems, I created that. Now I will explain to you in the interview why I say that, and what's wrong with the industry, and what's right with it. And I'm a happy guy. <laughs> If you've seen the Adam Sandler film Uncut Gems on Netflix, you'll remember the unforgettable high roller, handsome older man who invites Julia Fox up to his casino penthouse suite. The actor playing that part is, of course, Wayne Diamond in his first major film role. But even though Wayne is definitely having a moment, he isn't new to the spotlight. He's a bit of a legend in the garment district, was a hugely successful dress designer in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and even claims to have designed each dress Vanna White wore on Wheel of Fortune. Coming up, you'll hear a candid conversation with Wayne about everything from his unlikely start in the fashion industry to his deep disappointment with it today, his loathing of everything Trump, Wayne's strong input into his uncut gems wardrobe, a possible return to fashion, a meaningful debt he took care of for his father, and an honor he's never received that might mean more to him than almost anything. Hang on to your hat for very big opinions, very strong language, and a very wild conversation with the Wayne Diamond. From New York City, you are listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Wayne Diamond, Wayne Diamond, holy cow, it's so, it's so great to have great you on the show. Here. Thank you for joining us. So uh, just to give context, we're going to spend about three minutes on this, and then we're going to move on so that we're not doing what every other interview is doing out there. But you are, you had, uh, you have such an entertaining part in the Adam Sandler film, uh, Uncut Gems. Uh, clearly, uh, you're you're an uncut gem that was cut a long time ago, and then people are like, "Who is this guy?" And we're like, "But but you know this guy, but you don't realize you know this guy." So congratulations on everything that being in this film has brought you right now in terms of attention. You deserve it. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. That's great. I mean, I, you know, it's my second field, you know, and it was my, it was always my dream to be in movies, you know, when to, I, I, I don't think there's a movie I didn't see in my life. So when I, when I met the guys, when I met the boys, uh, it's, it's, it's gotta be 12 years ago when we met, it, it was at a, it was an amazing encounter at the uh, Spotted Pig downtown, and uh, we got together. And uh, I did a lot of things, some music videos when I was a little skinnier. <laughs> it's like you know, 
You know, you get a little older, I literally a little pasta and shit, you know, a little too much bar PD and, uh, and, uh, the other restaurants downtown. But, uh, we started doing some movies, some, some radio together and other things. And, uh, when this movie came around, they gave me a call five years before the movie. Uh, they're amazing. They really think ahead. They're brilliant people. Sabo, Bronstein, and the Satfree brothers. They're just the greatest. I mean, I'm, doing, I'm probably doing something else with him shortly, but I mean, this is fun. You're only in the last part of the movie, but you... 25 minutes to be exact. You, yeah. you, <laughs> you stand out. It's so meaty. Uh, you know, here we are in, in lockdown, in the pandemic, and you're, you're probably getting more attention than you've had in a long time. Uh, what, what has it been like for you? Not, not just, you know, be it in the spotlight. Everybody asks you that, but... But how has well, I've always changed, been in the spotlight. Right. So how has it changed you know? the rhythm of your life right now, having this, all this activity? Yeah. The rhythm of my life. I'm in this fucking place for 105 days. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> change my rhythm. I mean, give me a break. I'm eating the same shit. I'm getting fat. It's horrible. It's horrible. Oh. And then I go out to the Hamptons in two weeks to see my kids. I can't wait. I mean, I'm really excited about that. I haven't seen my granddaughter yet. She was just born. And I'm going out there to be with the family. And it's going to be nice. You know what I mean? I bought these rental houses and now they're hot. <laughs> like I bought them, you know, I mean, and Hampus was never my kind of spot. Yeah. I mean, I like the village. I like, you know, and I like my daughter. She's a famous artist. And I like going around. I like, I like looking at art. I, it, it excites me. I like reading art, literature, you know. You, who is your daughter that's the famous artist? Uh, Jamie Diamond. She's the head of the photo art department at University of Pennsylvania. Wow. Very, very cool. So if you have not seen a cut gems, shame on you, uh, turn it on. It's a really amazing film. Wayne is just scrumptious in the thing. I think that's gotta be the word. It's just, yeah, no, uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to see more of clips and interviews as such, uh, on me and the movie, which are pretty interesting, you go to, uh, the Wayne diamond on Instagram and you'll get a lot of information, a lot of good information about the movie, about Julia about the boys you just did all of the right. uh you know thing there it's it's good stuff listen i've got you on the show because right now you're everywhere from uncut gems but i saw an article that unpacked a little bit about your fashion career and it was it ha your fashion career has been dynamic uh, and I, I don't know how much you've had an opportunity to really talk in depth about it in recent years until, well, until, at least until recently. And I, I really thought it was a, a chance to talk to someone who is looking at the fashion industry now from the years that you spent at the top of the heap uh, in that industry. And now you're looking at the fashion industry now. So could we start a little bit and refamiliarize with people with why you, you are such a relevant person in the fashion industry. Tell us about how you got your start in fashion and, and what it led to. Well, it was a strange story. Got out of college. Well, it started before that. I met about two years before I got out of college. I, it's in the story there. I met Maya Lansky on the beach at Eden Rock. I, we, I was a poor guy. My parents were all school teachers and college professors. I met him on a beach. And uh, he gave me numbers. I was a pretty handsome guy, long blonde there. You know, when the you know, when I signed his name, you know, they called out the names of the Eden Rock because I the bus let me off right down the block at the scurry. And I signed his name, and a little, this little guy, five foot one, comes over to me. He says, Kid, you know you signed my name? Hey, 
No, I don't know who you are. I'm looking down at this guy. I'm five foot eight. I'm looking down at him. And uh, he says, you know, you signed my name. I said, I, Mr. Ups, really sorry. I was very polite and nice. I guess I didn't know what I did. Uh, you know, Long Island Jew. I don't know what the fuck do I know from my Lansky. And he was really nice. And after he gave me like 10 numbers, can you add 10 numbers yet? It was really a lot more. But I, you know, when I say it, people think I'm full of shit. But let's say he gave me 10 numbers. I added in my head, divided by three, and came up with the answer. And he says, you're a very smart boy and you know numbers. I said, yeah, of course I know numbers. I mean, I, 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 you know, I love numbers. So uh, he said, give me a call when you get out, you know, when you're out of college and you're looking what to do. Maybe I can put, maybe you and I can hook up and I can put you in business or something. I said, that's terrific. And he bought me lunch for the whole freaking week. You know, later on, we became really good. He put, you know, he put me, he, he put me in business that at that time, you know, like four years later, he ended up putting me in a company called Molly and Me with Meyer Lance, with uh, Murray Oliphant. It was another little, little, little guy from like the 50s. They were all like Murder Incorporated kind of guys. They were great. I loved them. I didn't know from this shit. Today. I read books later on. I mean, what the fuck? They, to me, they were just good people. They were the greatest. So, uh, you know, I was a poor kid. I wanted to go into the dress business. I started, I had jobs before and I got my shit kicked out of me. And then all of a sudden, I said, I got to go into this business. I started to feel it. I worked at a place called Applejack. I started styling everything. There were a lot of jerk-offs at, at this company. One guy in particular went to California. He belongs out there. Some ugly son of a bitch. And I ended up uh, I ended up uh, going into business for myself with another guy after a few, a, a two or three jobs, not too many. And I was a great styler. I loved designing dresses. I just loved it. And uh, I was a great salesman. I loved the buyers. I love when I came in. They liked me. I was like kind of cute, you know. I wasn't as obnoxious as I am later that I became later on. I was just a nice amateur boy, as, as you use all those Jewish terminologies. Uh, and uh, I ended up uh, opening up this company called uh, Diamonds Run after Logan's Run. There was a company. There was a, a show called Logan's Run. I remember Open that. Diamonds Run and. I, my first five dresses I shipped, it was just me, a pad maker, uh, you know, who I still, he's still alive. It's unfucking real. And uh, a couple of sample hands and uh, a marker grader guy we had there. And they taught me everything. I mean, I learned, I learned how to, to put the marker on, you know, how to do the markers. I watched the pad make. I knew how to lay out goods. I knew how to, Anyway, I learned, I learned from the bottom up. The right way, not like today, these scumbag motherfucker Wall Street scumbags. I learned from the bottom and worked my way up. Now, nobody gave me shit. I didn't get a dime from anybody, nothing. Except as, you know, as I started to go along, I had a fact that it was terrific to me. And I walked out with the books on Molly and me, and I opened up Diamonds Run. And Diamonds Run, within the first year, we did like $10 million. Me and two, three, four people. It was amazing. I was on fire. I mean, everything I created. Next year, I ended up coming up with the Hanky Hem, which was the high-low hem. Nobody ever saw it before. It went bazookas. It went from the highest end to the lowest end. Everybody, I, I must have sold millions. I made millions of dollars on this shit. So I was about a millionaire then. I became a millionaire right away in those days. You know, gambling like a lunatic. You know, like a garment said, the guy drinking, playing, party with shakes, had my limousine. And my Ferraris, had all my shit, you know. I had everything, man. I had everything my whole life. I mean, it was amazing. But I worked seven days a week. I love my business, so why not? The fashion was the whole thing. I mean, 
you know, you, 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 you like take a mental shit, you know, you were gonna, if you didn't come out with a hot garment, you were out of business. So if you didn't come up with an item that was terrific in fashion, you were out of business. Now, all these women out there that you thought would design his, it's not the prince. 99 to 99% of all those women out there create prints, printed dresses, hides everything, you know. I created the bodies, the bodies that you put on a woman, you fit it to the skin, and it looked good on a woman. It looked good. My Grecian look with the shirring up the side, the shirring down the front. That was my garment. All those garments were mine. Not the blouses that were knocked off from my dresses. Don't forget, dresses were still good in those days. Now they came back with a fierceness. But in those days, they I got them back. We had that. We All the high-low hems. Nobody had high-low hems. I had high-low hems with shirring. You know, I just threw a dress today. Yeah. A dress that I did, a, a version of a dress that I did. Uh, jumpsuits, I mean, you know, I go to Studio 54 in 1971. I had jumpsuits along with him. He had the one fucking black and white jumpsuit. Uh, what's his name? Howard the H. What's his name? The designer, whatever. Good looking guy with an H. Sweetheart of a guy. I mean, I liked the guy. I mean, he was nice. He, he was like very, we were friendly. And uh, I made I made like 100, I must have made one with jumpsuits. Every one of them blew out of the stores. All different styles, looks. You know, he came out with one. He had the idea first, but look, I expanded. I didn't knock his off. I, I, I didn't want his. We did the black and white. And in those years, we had Chavezette. You know, we didn't have even polyester then. But, I, you know, polyester came and I made more jumpsuits. Uh, what else was there? The things that I loved. You know, this is right after. Don't forget, my fashion came in right after the hot pad era. The hot pad era was about 1971, 72. The height was 1969, you know, 70. That's what hot pants were hot, you know? But uh, right after that became like me. When I got hot, it was 76 with the disco look. Everything's where they were going like, if you, you know, you needed that look like the, you know, they have in Puerto Rico with the LCN one. That real, real, real disco kind of look. And I, I was great at it. I used to have big disco tickets on my dresses, fly out of the store. Everybody liked disco. Everybody liked that disco shit. I liked it too. I used to get high and do disco all the time. Go to studio, get all fucked up between 76 and 79. Still ran my business. I didn't run it, you know, that was great. It was great. Then in the 80s, it was the same thing. And then all of a sudden, we, ha we ended up, you know, China started to move in on me. You know what I mean? So things had to change. And I, I took Diamonds Run and Jamie Brooke, put them together, went overseas and put together basics, basics along with some fashion. And I did that until the end. And uh, that really bored me to death. That was really boring. Uh, people in the, people in the, you know, didn't start to you know, dress like shit in New York. But the major cities, other than China and Russia and uh, Turkey and uh, somebody, you know, uh, Paris, women in the United States dress like shit. They really dress like shit, you know, unless they go to Manhattan Mall, you know, the fucking Long Island ones. They dress up, they go to some shit restaurant in Long Island. It's like, it's like, it's like unbelievable. Uh, morons. But, you know, you don't got anybody really designing anymore. I mean, uh, they don't care, you know, and, and you're not under the gun anymore because basically right now, as we're talking through the quad, fashion is over. It's over. Never going to come back. It's not there. They wear jeans and a T-shirt or a, a blouse, and that's it. 
And right now, everybody's walking around like me with a towel wrapped around their ass. I mean, what do you need? You don't need anything. Well, maybe some of my fashion towels. But other than that, there's not much. Uh, there's not much to do anymore. I mean, I see these Wall Street guys. Oh, oh, they went out. They bought, bought a suits downstairs. Those hundred ninety nine dollars suits. Only one who wears a couple of nice things is Scaramouche. I mean, you know, he's a. He, I like him. You know, I like Scaramouche. I hate Trump. I can't stand him. that whole White House. It's like uh, him with the fucking hair. I Melania with the surgery. I mean, nine times. Oh, she went in for a kidney operation. Oh. Give me a break. She had that that facelift at dead times. Her eyes will be in a forehead. But look, nobody's other than those two. I mean, there's really not too much fashion. I mean, there's not much around. And all the guys down there on Wall Street, striped shirts, khaki pants. The whole outfit cost them a hundred dollars. How does a manufacturer gonna survive on that kind of money? They give the shit away today, you know. You know that's what it is, you know. And right now, they put everybody out of business. I mean, and look. Long live the death of J.C. Penny. I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, this this is what everybody. Oh, J.C. Penny was. Oh, they, they, I mean, they carry shit. That's not what I. I mean, J.C. Penny was always the worst retailer on the street. The last twenty years, them Sears and Roebuck, that stupid guy ruined the company, stole from the company, he raped the company. Uh, Sears and Roebuck and Kmart. I mean, you know, you, you you don't have honorable people within the business anymore. I mean, you're not going to want wear Tommy Hilfiger. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's had it. I mean, you know, all these old names are over. They're over. I mean, absolutely over. You know, I mean, I wish I could come back. I'm just too old. Now I want to act anyway. I love acting. I love acting. Oh, the greatest. The greatest. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love reading scripts and trying to remember things. It's so much fun. Fun. Coming up, Wayne's strong input for his wardrobe for Uncut Gems, the few glimmers he sees in the fashion industry, and a possible return to fashion? So check this out. For more than 15 years and more than 160,000 customers, the number one SMS marketing software, industry leader Easy Texting, has set the standard for business texting platforms. So it's a cloud-based, self-service SaaS platform, and it's a top 20 best product for marketers, and it allows businesses of all sizes to reach and engage their mobile audiences. They've sent 5 billion messages to their customers, yes, but what can really move the needle for you is this. Texting delivers 600% more engagement than email. Now, what could you do with 600% more engagement? Look, 90% of people read new messages within 30 minutes, right? And text messages, 134% more likely to be read than emails. So when an online boutique wanted to send their existing customers coupons and information about upcoming sales, they wanted an easy-to-use text marketing platform, and they used easy texting. 89% of customers prefer messaging to communicate with businesses. 77% of consumers have a more positive impression of companies that text. So when a clothing store with a pop-up shop wanted to increase store traffic as well as tell past customers about new arrivals, they used Easy texting. 
in-store traffic increased within just a few hours of their first text. They had positive communications with customers, and they saved time. So you come to fashion as your business for valuable business insights and strategy, right? This one is a game changer. Texting allows you to facilitate scheduling, enable staffing, promote products and services, and notify customers, and the big kahuna provide an excellent customer experience. So, Fashion is Your Business is going to hook you up. Easy Texting is offering a free trial to listeners of the Fashion is Your Business podcast. Just text FASHION to 858-585. Again, that's FASHION to 858-585. Message and data rates may apply for this recurring message program. Did you did you have an opportunity, Wayne, to have any input on the wardrobe of your character in Uncut Gems? I, I, I me? Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, say I want to say fucking shit I've been wearing for 20 years. Chroma, <laughs> he wants me. No, the greatest thing is uh Josh. Josh is telling her. Get, get him leather pants. Get him a leather because when they met me, I'm wearing leather pants and shit. I mean, I was on. I was 40 pounds less then. She buys me a pair of leather pants. I mean, she's a great chick. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's a really good coordinator and good uh, fashion. Uh, you know, she gets the point. But the leather pants they bring me. They brings it. She brings me out in the dressing room. 40 fucking pounds leather pants. You know, the heavy shit. Yeah. I said, how do it's it's 90 degrees here. I'm not putting this shit on. I said, look, I'm going to wear what I want. They don't like it. Fuck them. She says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All the bullshit. I got one. Well, my black jeans, black T-shirt, not the one that that uh, that that creep with the short sleeves. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's off TV now. Oh, At least I get decent news now. Yeah, I, you know, and my black socks, a great pair of boots, birch boots, which are out of England. I always buy a pair every year when I go to England. Now I have to buy them here at Prada. And the, the big Cromards belt and my scarf, of course, my, uh, my I was going to wear my scarf now, but it's hot here too. Yeah. That, is that your, is that your signature wearing a scarf? Yeah, I wear a scarf. My friend, I know my friend that, uh, Sarafina, he, him and I are like scarf freaks, you know, <laughs> we compare, we compare scarves together. He, he, I bought him, I bought him like, uh, for his birthday, he put him like 15 scarves, you know, like summer scarves, so he can wear them in like hot weather, you know, and light gauze, you know, nice. I mean, it's good. You just want to wrap some shit around your neck, especially as you get older. I don't have it yet, but when you get that shit around your neck, it's yeah. a good thing to wear. You ever, you uh, ever, uh, did you ever consider uh, coming out with a line of scarves? I'm thinking about doing scarves and towels, you know what I mean? Everybody's on my case to do towels, TJ Maxx. To do towels and scarves. They, 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 look, you know what? I just want to act. I made my money a long time ago. I, I retired 22 years from that business. And let me tell you, when you're in that business, you're really in that business. It's a, it's, it's death. I mean, I, I was out in California for the death of my my really good friend Max Isaria, BCBG. Now, how did Max get into the goddamn dressing business? How? Max was a sportswear guy in California. Came up to my showroom one day. He says he loved it. He got into dressy business. The guy, Alan Schwartz, saw all the shit I was doing years ago, ABS. 
came up to my showroom, no bullshit. And, and uh, four weeks later, he was doing dresses for uh, for the Academy Awards knockoffs. I mean, you know, I had a lot of talent when I was a kid. You know, you figure that between the ages of 22 when I tried, maybe younger, and about 40, that's when you got your major talent, you know? You know, that's when uh, that's when it comes out. And after that, you slide, you know what I mean? A little yeah. bit. I know that you you indicated that the you don't see a lot of promise in the fashion industry right now. But none, is there, none, none, none. But are are there are there any glimmers that you see that still excite you? Uh, whether it's a designer, whether it's a brand, whether it's a type of clothing, uh, an approach to the business, anything that excites you that maybe even things that weren't possible when you were in the business that you see happening now. You say, oh, if I could only have had a chance to do that, you know. Look, I'm not going to cater to the, the, the look. Tommy Helfinger catered to other than the uh, the you know they, well, who changed the, his line around years later. He basically catered he, he catered to the deplorables, the 35 percent of America that are just useless that voted for Trump. That's who he catered to. I, I'm not going to cater to that garbage filth. Okay, I can't stand these fucking people. Okay. I like, I, you know, I think, I think you've got to go with the, uh, you know, like the kind of, the, the black guys, they got it. I mean, I got, you know, I mean, I speak to all my old buddies, AJ, Derek, I mean, they became, and my friend Derek became an actor. We've been friends, Harold Ford, a lot of guys that I know for all my life. And they got more of the sense of fashion than most guys today. They come up with some good shit. I mean, you know, maybe it's far out, but you can bring it in to the mainstream media, you know, the mainstream. That's a kind of cool thing to do. I mean, I think they got more talent than most people out there today, you know. As far as dressing, look, I, I like Ford. I like Ford. I mean, it's too expensive. Too expensive for the average guy. Uh, you know, he makes beautiful clothes for men. I mean, just beautiful clothes. I mean, Brioni, it's like had it. I mean, Brioni is like... If you're, if you're a size 55, Brioni's a great place to go. I mean, you know, because they'll make it to your body. Uh, you know, you, they, you know they, build, uh, they build boat covers, so it's a good thing to have, you know what I mean? You know, they're good for you know, so somebody that weighs 400 pounds. Uh, Brioni can make a beautiful suit. Uh, you know, uh, Bajan, Bajan's good with some stuff. Bajan, you know. He's good with some like uh, fashionable stuff and some custom made stuff. Yeah, there really is nothing. There is nothing. I mean, what, what, what's the sense of getting dressed up? Who are you getting dressed up for? Oh, oh. I mean, you see the guys that are with the money, the Wall Street guys that are money, the guys that lack all personality, that have no, that are usually ugly. And uh, what do they do? It's like I was in a helicopter. I got $250 million. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm losing my mind. I got nothing to do anymore. I got nothing. My wife left me. I, I, she took the kids. I got no life anymore. That's 90% of Wall Street, the people. I mean, they're like, they're, they married them for the money, and the girls, and then they found out that, listen, I'd rather be broke than be married to this jerk. You know what I mean? That's really the truth. I mean, you know, you can't, and wearing the heavy stuff, like going and, going to Hirschleifers. I mean, I love them. I love the old man. They're great. Best, I think the best merchants in the world. I give Hirsch Life is a 10. They're the best. They know how to merchandise the clothes. I don't like a lot of the clothes they buy. They bought, they cater now to the Russians. 
and the Persian Jews. It's 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 like it's like you you walk into that store now. I feel like I'm in Tehran or I'm I'm in Moscow. Uh, it's not the same kind of, but it's their customers now. They're the ones that have the money. The Chinese they cater to them. I mean, the fashion there is strange to me. You know, it's not uh, you know, it's too much sparkle, too much glitz. You know what? The basic black dress with a gorgeous Hermes scarf, pair of nice shoes, and a, and a beautiful bag. That's all a woman needs. That's it. Not the glitz. You know, they don't need the glitz. It's like, uh, it's horrible. It's, it's too much. Basic, basic. You know, a nice fabric, a nice chamoose. And if you're dressy, you do one with a little, with a little extra to it. That's all. If you, get, you keep your body good, you can wear something like that, terrific. You don't need the glitz. The glitz is so, it's horrendous. You walk into a place and your eyes go, oh my God. This woman is trying to cover every inch of her body. I mean, they shove the fat up the sequence, you know what I mean? It's horrible. It's just really horrible. That's, they, they, people that wear all that fluffy shit, whether it be for a wedding, a wedding you should wear a nice satin, shaboose dress, Body fit with a nice cape on it down, you know, a nice thing roller on the back. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's what you should wear. The girls that are, you know, don't that have terrible bodies wear all that fluffy shit with the thrills and the thing they're looking for. All. I mean, it's disgusting. It's not what you wear. I mean, you wear what your body lets you wear. That's the way I look at it. Even with me, I mean, I can't wear a tight shirt anymore. I look like I'm pregnant. I mean, you know, I mean, it's disgusting. You know, you, you got you to gotta wear uh, stuff that, you know, makes you look good. You wear a shirt that's uh, bigger, so, you know, nothing sticks out. You wear a little bit, that baggy pants are coming back. The 1940s look is coming back big for, for men, which is great. I think it's terrific. Not, this, not everything is skin tight, you know? It's going to be a baggy look. It's going to be like... Uh, you know, I, I could see a picture of somebody holding a fence, wearing a shirt and baggy pants. It's a kind of cool, it's going to be a cool look. You know, it hasn't been around for a long, long time. You know, it went from bell bottoms to straight pants and straight and tighter straight pants. And now we're going back to baggy, which I, I think is going to be good. It, it gives you a reason to change your wardrobe, look a little different, a little 40s look. And I like it. You know what I mean? That's what you need. You need change. Fashion was always constant change. It's got to change constantly, like everything. If it doesn't change, it starts to get like, ugh. So, I mean, any new look that comes out is a cool look. You know? And if they do it right, it's great. I mean, you know, it's got to catch on. You know? And I, for me, I don't care. I like to be different. I don't care if it catches on. I mean, I was the first guy in high school. They always write about it to wear bell bottoms. They all make fun of me. I, they called me, uh, you know, in those days they used terrible words. You know, they called me this, that, whatever. I didn't give a shit. I just wore them. My father was a teacher there in school. So I, I got away with some shit. But they did suspend me for wearing bell bottoms. I mean, if you make change in any respect, you know, you got to take a lot of shit to get through it. But it, then you get through it. It's like when we, we need a change in this country with this situation here. It's unbearable to watch some of the things I've been watching, you know, in choir in the last three days. So, I mean, you know, I got a lot of black friends and they tell me stories that I'm going, hey, 
AJ, come on, give me a break. And I got one friend. You don't know what it is. And I go, well, what do you mean? I don't know. I, well, now that I saw all this shit, I don't, I, didn't, I don't have a clue this was this bad. But now it's scary. It's very scary to have a kid, you know, and have all this shit go on. And have to worry every day that a cop doesn't kill your kid. I mean, shooting kids in the back. I mean, he said, where did these people come from? You know, they don't come from New York, most of them. I mean, most of them don't come from New York. These are these are Trump's people, the deplorables there. They listen to him. They do bad things. I mean, Trump is Trump is the worst thing that ever happened to America. I mean, he's like made he's taken our country. I love America. I mean, where else in America could a guy like me? My parents were school teachers. We started from nothing. And I ended up having a hundred million plus company. I mean, where, where? I mean, nowhere can this happen. Nowhere but America. And this guy, trust fund baby, never worked a day in his life, this Trump asshole. Did nothing. Did nothing. He's a trust fund asshole, like like most of the, a lot of kids are in New York. But they're not as bad as this guy. He, he makes fun of people that, got, you know, that work hard and that are working hard. Oh, yeah, let's get rid of all the Mexicans. Let's get rid of all the blacks, the Chinese. And let me ask you a question. Once we get rid of them, who's going to work? Your kids, kids? Oh, Kanahara! If those people, they don't do anything. They don't work. They do nothing. I mean, look, the world's got to change before fashion comes back. This has got to end with the black situation. Everybody's going to be equal. Everybody's going to be treated right. I mean, and let me tell you, if it wasn't for the Chinese, there'd be no garment set. I mean, if it wasn't for the Chinese, you know what a dress would cost you in America? Hey, let's see these people with that make $10,000 a year. A dress would cost them $1,200 for a piece of shit if it wasn't for China. I mean, China built our country. We just did the wrong thing. We used China improperly. And that's why, I mean, we, we got too used to having things made for nothing. And now we're gonna, they're going to grow up because of this prick. Everything's going to cost so much in this country. You're not going to be able to, now you talk about poor, everybody's going to be poor unless you're like a billionaire. Because nobody's going to be able to afford to buy anything if we don't straighten out with China. China is the world. They make things. They know how to make things. We don't know how to do shit. We know how to make certain things. Oh, yeah, how's Boeing doing? How many planes do we got to go? I, I don't. I never get on a Boeing plane if they pay me. If they pay me, I, I would get up on a Boeing plane. Airbus, that's it. They, they, I, I, Airbuses don't crash. I mean, I mean, how, do they, how, do, how does the companies like this exist in our country? I mean... And this guy is feeding him money to keep him in business. I mean, I mean, I mean, like I thought. I thought we were a capitalist country, not socialist. You're giving Boeing money. I mean, come on already. It's all becoming a joke. I sit back here. I'm old already. I mean, I. It's very hard for me to take. It's hard for me to take what they're doing. I mean, he gives money out, and all the big corporations take the money. All the small businesses in New York don't get bupkis. Not bupkis. Nobody gets anything. But all the big corporations steal the money. All the guys with the big lawyers, they pull it out. They know how to get through the bullshit. This is not a fair situation. We don't, I'd rather get rid of small corporations, get small businesses back in here. So people who could really work, not work for some, some 1984 establishment or, you know, I mean, something that, uh, uh, what's the name? I love the Fountainhead. Who's, who wrote Fountainhead again? What's the name? Ann Rand. Ann Rand's second book was the book. That's the book that, you know, I mean, that's when you know, big corporations own everything and we're all shit. We're just like plebeians doing nothing. I mean, that's why I like the art world. At least you're not a plebeian. You're part of a group of people 
that are very interesting and know what they're doing and all the arts. I mean, it's interesting. It's fun. It's, it's life. The arts. Back designing is the arts. When you do a dress, and I, when I did a dress, I looked at it like it was art. It wasn't money. It was art. And if I made money on it, I felt great. If I didn't make money on it, I was upset. But, you know, not everybody can like everything you do. So, I mean, I accepted it. You know, like my friend Max from BCBG, he was, uh, he enjoyed his life to the end. I mean, I was there the day he died with him, you know, with his family. You know, there were certain guys that just loved the business. It was, a, it was the greatest business of all time. Up next, a meaningful debt Wayne took care of for his father and an honor he's never received that might mean more to him than almost anything. But first, check out this promo for a brand new show on Mouth Media called Naked Entrepreneur. I definitely encourage you to check it out. Now here comes a twist. I'm going to share serious tips, challenges, and solutions. I'm 36 years old. I founded 21 companies. I'm an Inc. 500 awardee. It's one word. Entrepreneur. This is Naked Entrepreneur. It happened to me not once, not twice, three times. This is going to happen. Write it down. With Eli Ostriker. Right now, let me focus on my logo. Focus on the website. You f***ing out of your mind. Are you crazy? Rated R. Listen, it's a podcast. Naked Entrepreneur. There was nothing more fun than the garment center. I'll tell you, you know what made me, but I'll, I'll give you just some examples. My bar mitzvah was a big day in my life. My father went all out, had it at Carl Hopples. The guy was a fucking Nazi. But we had a we had a bar mitzvah that said his place, Carl Hopple on Long Island. You know, I, I paid for it 20 years later. My father never paid the damn. He's the greatest, but he was the greatest guy that ever lived. I love my dad. When I hit 24 years old, I was starting to make real big money in the garment set. I, at 24, I wasn't a millionaire yet. I was close. And all the big guys in the garment set, and I'm going to go back to supporter. I mean, guys that I love. Frankie Cusick. Uh, uh, just a bunch of guys that were the greatest. We sat at a place, you know, it's called Arno's now, which I still go to what I love. For those days, it was called, it was Cecil's place. And we would sit down there. I was, it was many years ago. And he bought me my first bottle of, of and then I used to drink uh, like a half a bottle of uh, scotch doors. Like every night. I'd buy, you know, you probably drank more than that. Who the fuck knows? Who cares? It, it never affected me bad alcohol. I could drink a lot of it. So they bought me my first bottle and put my name on it. And then he walked it over to the bar and put it in a bar with, and underneath all the guys, all the most famous guys in the garment set, there it was, Wayne Diamond, my bottle. I was 24 years old. That was one of the biggest moments of my youth. One of the biggest moments of my youth. I felt like I finally made it, you know? You know, it was little things in life that made you feel good. I made it. it wasn't the money. It wasn't the money. It was, a, it was a dress blowing out of the store. It was the guys, you know, of your peers in your business. They were much older than me, most of the guys. But they did little things. So they did little things for me. Like Frankie would take me to uh, the Eden Rock every year. You know, in Florida, we'd all be together, all the dress manufacturers. Frankie would take me either the penthouse or the Eden Rock. I mean, who the fuck? I was, Isadora, whatever her name was, with a big fucking dog, was my next door neighbor. I mean, it was unbelievable. The shit that I, I was doing. It was the perks. When you're famous, 
in a business like that, in an art business, it's the perks to count. It's the perks. It's not like you're president, you need the fucking perks, you know? His perks are big, you scumbag, all those scumbags. I hate them all. <laughs> but this is the way it was. The garbage center, it's not the business to go into anymore. And I have a couple of words for uh, the school. You know, at all these years, they honored all the buyers that were my buyers that I made like really famous, a lot of buyers in the garbage center in the 70s and 80s. And not once did that malice mention my name to anybody. Even I see Donna Karen, she knew who I was. I, inter I, I was fortunate enough to interview her. She walked out on me. She cursed more than me. I mean, she's the best. I love Donna like more than anybody and her daughter. But I mean, they didn't even mention me. They don't mention me at all. I mean, I was the creator of all the dresses for the 70, late 70s, 80s, and the beginning of the 90s. I was, I was the only dress guy. I mean, how did they not bring my name up? How did they not say a word about it? How did they not honor me? I've been honored for everything. This would be, this would make me proud. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Other than that, I love you all. And remember, see Uncut Gems. It's going to be great. And I hope I got more things to show you further into my life. Ah, I love it. We, we got to look for the scarves and the towels. When the scarves and the towels. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody check out Uncut Gems, number one. Number two, go check out at the Wayne Diamond on Instagram. The Wayne Diamond. There is no other way. He is the. He is, he is, he could just be at the, and that would be enough. So, uh, Wayne Diamond, thank you so much, man. It's been such a, such a ride hearing your journey through fashion and entertainment and politics and everything. Uh, I wish you the very best. I appreciate you making some time. You got it, baby. Yeah, I do well. That's it for this episode of Fashion Is Your Business. Thank you so much, Wayne Diamond, for coming on the show. And thank you for listening, for taking the time to join us. We do appreciate it so very much. We sincerely hope that you are staying safe and healthy and being responsible and respectful of others. Until next time, have a great day. I'm Mark Rakow. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.